Oh, hey, welcome to The Look Back with me, your host, Keith Newman, former journalist and media guy and go-to-market consultant in the Valley for the past few decades. Here we have candid conversations with newsmakers and rule breakers, the innovators, entrepreneurs, and influencers who share their past contributions along with current insights in a casual yet candid conversation. This lightly edited passion project of mine is a pay it forward contribution to the next wave of innovators and entrepreneurs. I sure hope you enjoy the program and feel free to share it with anyone who might enjoy it. Now, onto the show. Here we go. Look who I have here on the look back. An old friend, Saeed Amidi, the CEO of Plug and Play. Saeed, welcome to the program. It's great to be with you, Keith, and looking forward to sharing some thoughts with the audience. Okay, well, I know you've been working on some big deals, but the first deal I heard about was that you married off a daughter. <laughs> yes. In <laughs> fact, uh, we had Sanam's wedding exactly two weeks ago, and uh, she's my second child. Uh, and thank God, she's actually been helping me in marketing and technology and operation now for four years. She was between jobs and deciding maybe to go to graduate school. Then I told her, why don't you try plug and play for three months? And thank God it's been four years. And uh, I hope she comes back after her honeymoon. <laughs> well, besides congratulations, it warms my heart on several levels. I know how close you are with family. She's a special one who I got to know a little bit, as she was the same age of my son, and they got to be good friends. So sorry to share all this personal information, but she was such a positive, energetic um, person that I knew whatever she was going to set her mind to, I wanted to keep an eye on her. And it's funny that she's back at Plug and Play in our little startup ecosystem we have here. Exactly. And she's yeah. still more energetic than when she was younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you gave her a, a, a goal and a budget and all those good fun things. Yes. That's absolutely no, it's fantastic. Saeed, I, I mean, let's jump into plug and play because it's a phenomenal brand that you have started with a small team and grown it, grown it into something so formidable. I don't think I can do it as well justice as you could in helping me set up exactly what plug and play is because you know, frankly, we've had it here in Silicon Valley since the early days, you know, 20 years or so. And I think it gets misunderstood as a real estate play or a or a venture studio or an accelerator or an incubator or, and it's so somewhat of a hybrid but I want you to help clarify what that definition is as we get started. Wonderful. You know today we refer to plug and play as the largest innovation platform in the world. You know it's a big statement. But uh, every year, we accelerate 2,500 startups globally. So let's say that if you take our smart manufacturing vertical, we have offices in Stuttgart, 
with Mercedes, Porsche, Bosch, ZF, to name a few corporate partners. But their needs to electrify the vehicle and become autonomous, it's a challenge that no big corporation can do on their own. And as the biggest innovation platform in mobility and smart manufacturing, we bring 80 startups a year to Stuttgart to solve these big corporations' challenges. So my product is the best startups in the world that solve the big corporation challenges. And during this process, we evaluate should we invest in that startup as well? And quite frankly, startup is also misleading because it could be, you know, three, four people with a few million dollar money. Uh, but actually, some of the startups we help are 100 people. They have raised over $100 million. And maybe like cement in uh, Canada, in Calgary, has uh, 300 employees. But they still look to plug and play platform to grow their business here in U.S., and then sometimes we take them to Japan or Germany, where we have over 150 of the largest corporations in Japan and Germany, like MUFG, Nissan, uh, Daiichi Life, uh, Munich Re, yeah. Deutsche Bank. So we really, if a startup is like B2B, we could connect them to the world for their growth and for their expansion. So, play so, yeah. so the, way, the way I'm hearing is you're curating um, startup or innovation companies to present to larger brands in multiple verticals. And then you monetize that either by investing in them or charging some of those innovation innovative companies some services fees whether that's real estate or some other services you provide and then for the bigger brands they have a they have a tool a resource or, or a platform that they can access to look at new technology look at innovation as opposed to solely relying on themselves to build something you're absolutely right you know in fact to better explain to the audience we started as a real estate play, like a WeWork, I heard, came to see me before they started WeWork <laughs> yeah. New York and Los Angeles. Unfortunately, they have not had a, a very good, I mean, they raised a lot of money, but they have had their share of ups and downs. It's but legendary. They, they should have stole better from you. <laughs> <laughs> but right now, uh, real estate is 4% of our activity. So oh. the 96% is some companies like Indotech Zara pays us 1.2 million euro a year. 
and we are helping them in their sustainability and circular economy journey. Number one, we help them identify when do they want to be carbon neutral. Then we like have I have a dedicated team for them in Spain that helps them do due diligence on a startup, co-invest, and quite frankly, license the technology to make them more sustainable brand. We, for example, work with Nike in a similar fashion. We work with Nike in supply chain optimization and sustainability and carbon reduction. You know, one of the biggest accomplishment we have is Walmart. So they wow. asked me to open an office in Bentonville <laughs> and every year we take 20 best startups in the world that can help Walmart Number one, have a less cost for supply chain. Number two, we are also working with them as they are expanding their healthcare business. I love that. I mean, that's really fascinating, Saeed. You're almost now I'm seeing you competing with, you know, the Deloitte or the Baines of the world from a from an innovation standpoint. Yes, but I think the combination of my startups and their knowledge in each vertical, it's 10x any consulting company. Right. Because these startups, uh, first, I feel they just don't consult what to do. They actually offer you the software and the product to execute it. <laughs> and so that's the just only way it. they make money is if they save money for the corporations or improve the customer service or the top line. It's I mean, fascinating. So it's more than strategy. We're talking about really execution, end-to-end -end kind of delivery. That's exactly right. And I'm yeah. really lucky to be sitting in between and you know, evaluating the needs of the largest banks in the world, the largest insurance companies in the world. But on the other side, I work with fintechs and insurtechs that may either enable the big conglomerates. Right. Frankly, I don't mind if they disrupt it, which is yeah. also I win. Right. I think uh, I, I should make sure people understand you have many vertical markets and it's across the world. Should I give some some parameters to plug and play today? Yeah, no, I can give you like we have 22 different verticals. Yeah. The okay. latest one being semiconductor industry and AI enabled uh, industry like in health tech. Right. But uh, we then we have uh, uh, we run all the 22 verticals here in our headquarter, but somewhere like Tokyo, we may run eight of the verticals or wow. let's say in Munich we have an incredible health tech accelerator with Roche Diagnostic where as diagnostic moves closer to the patient to homes 
the Roche Diagnostic wants to be part of that journey. So we've been running a joint accelerator for five years with Roche in uh, uh, health. And then also in Munich, we run InsureTech with 15 insurance companies. Wow. And also in Munich, we run retail and brand with Shorts Group or Little, which is the largest uh, retailer in Germany. It's like Walmart of Germany. Right. So like in Munich, we have three different verticals going at the same time. Well, we should go visit. It's October. That's my favorite month. <laughs> it is great. I love Oktoberfest. <laughs> sometimes my schedule doesn't work with best. Uh, like they are sending <laughs> me to Saudi Arabia instead of Oktoberfest. Oh, well, I'm sure you are going to do well. So um, as we're setting up some of these uh, metrics, how many startups then are currently under the plug and play umbrella and not necessarily as investments, but you, you're working with, what, a thousand startup companies across your network? If we work with 2,500 per year now, that is the run rate. Okay. And in our playbook, which is the platform we use to connect startups with corporations, we have 70,000 startups that have been part of our platform. But at any given time, any given year, we focus on the 2,500. And to give you an idea, last year in 2022, we only invested in 247 of them. That's still a lot. It's usually a check size of around 500 or a million. We do from the plug and play venture money uh, as as much as hundred thousand dollar up to a million. You're right. Yeah. Lately, we have industry funds, like we have a supply chain fund, which the LPs are like Walmart and Japan Post and Volvo Group, and then we have a financial services fund that the LPs are like travelers, principal, right. Aflac. So we have now five industry funds. And from the funds, we do check, still small checks, $1 million to $3 million. It's amazing. I remember seeing the blueprint site you shared with me in the early days, um, but how much you've added in terms of uh, DPI to that blueprint. It's quite amazing and impressive. What who's the right company to come to and join plug and play today? There's a million types of startup companies and different technologies and backing and teams and all that. What, who, yeah. So, so if, if I can also share with you, because I am on a geographic expansion in North America, initially I set my mind to open 10 offices. But as we opened an office in uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Phoenix, Orlando, I realized, my God, a lot of these uh, cities need to be connected to Silicon Valley to make their startup have a bigger chance of success. 
So now we are on an expansion plan of opening 20 offices in North America. And, you know, like the one in Orlando, the first vertical was semiconductor and advanced manufacturing. Wow. But we are also talking to Orlando, Florida to do a health and sports tech. And then before we even launched any of these, they are asking me to do a third vertical in uh, tourism and hospitality. So I, I think I'm in a roller coaster ride that I don't know when to stop. <laughs> but well, what, what makes the right startup or what makes the right new plug and play to open up? So we feel for the vertical to be successful, we need handful of participants. One is like a great university, like University of Central Florida. The president's name is Alexander. And like he graduates more than 5,000 engineers a year. So we really, that is our main product. Second, we would love to have the exciting part of the cooperation in the region that would love to work with startups to help them scale. So we need good university and good university students. We need a couple of big corporations to say they would like us to be there. And lately, even the economic development uh, of the regent feels that this is the best way to create technology jobs and GPD growth. So we nowadays we work in a lot of what we call private-public partnership to launch these 20 offices in U.S. It's almost like you're bringing Silicon Valley to all of these other regional um, locations and then they're getting some of that, that benefit. No, absolutely. You know, in fact, we we went to a small city called McKinney near Austin, and they told me about their two most favorite startups. And it was so funny. Both of them were plug and play companies. And we tell them, and you know, instead of moving to Silicon Valley, you should be connected to Silicon Valley for fundraising and for business development, but you could hire, retain, build your team much better in Texas than moving the whole team here to California. So I call it the Israeli model. You know, you keep your core team where you are, your product development and uh, the, the just the core team, but we feel through plug and play, you could be connected to Silicon Valley at a very, very, you know, frankly, for free. All startup activity we do is free for the startup. Yeah. Hey, Saeed, I, this is called The Look Back. So I want to take advantage of the title here and ask you to reflect for a second on your career with Plug and Play. And what, what story stands out? Obviously, you've had some amazing wins and companies go from startup to IPO, but what jumps out as a, as a sort of a unique to plug and play that you like? So let me give you a little story of a physical note. 
Yeah. It's a gentleman who joined us for our summer camp. So like in the summer, we usually have 50 startups per year that come from university straight here. And uh, I went to New York Stock Exchange when he was ringing the bell when he was 29 years old and his company was worth $1.2 billion. In fact, we have a unicorn series on YouTube, plug and play unicorn story. And one of the unicorn story, I believe his name is Tim. And I asked him, how did we help you in the beginning? He said, Saeed, I came to you guys instead of going to Harvard between his undergrad and grad school. And you gave me a little money. You registered my company with Wilson Sansini. And the first three months I was here, I was staying in Motel 6. And you helped me raise the first one and a half million dollars. But then I tell him, how did we make an impact? And it was so funny on the New York Stock Exchange floor. He says, told me, Said, you gave me free lunch every day. He loved the free lunch at the cafeteria. Yeah. But wow. never, nevertheless, the part that I enjoyed the most is these entrepreneurs having a good experience being part of plug and play platform and realizing their dreams and building their dream. And, uh, you know, maybe I will share another one with you. Uh, course hero, Andrew Grauer came to us. He wasn't even graduated from Cornell. He came here one summer and his company was doing so good he didn't want to go back to finish his school. But since I'm really close friend with the father, Fred Grauer, we both were able to convince him to go back to get his degree. That's fine. But nowadays he raised, I believe, uh, recently $500 million. And he changed the name or part of the name to Lernio. And uh, now he's have multiple product for learning and for students at a $3 billion valuation. So well, I love, uh, in fact, Andrew Grauer is a, I see him weekly now because he's a country club guy now at age like 32. <laughs> so I see him at our country club quite a bit. And again, I really, really, enjoy being part of his journey and seeing him be so successful. No, that's great. I know you have a ton of examples. I have several too, where I've had companies that I work with go into plug and play and have nothing but great experiences. Um, it is, it's fundraising. It's like that little um, group of people that get to share their experiences together, that culture that they can, they can all be part of. And you have those get togethers and events at the at the center that are phenomenal but fundraising is still a big challenge you're also bringing the deal opportunities to the table which are the whole combination so it's been fantastic um am i coming up on a short time for you yes in fact i was just checking 
I do need to go in a few minutes uh, if it is okay with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me ask you, um, it, it, my curiosity, because you're based in Silicon Valley, but you are also very international. Um, what is, is the feeling that Silicon Valley is losing its luster or that the rest of the world is catching up a little bit and getting more tech enabled and focused and, and borrowing some of that, um, that, that DNA of Silicon Valley? Wonderful. So like I just today, I made a decision to make an investment in a agricultural fintech company in Nigeria. And last week, together with Visa, we chose 33 startups from 10 countries in Africa, and they are going through a six-month program of plug-and-play and Visa. Quite frankly, we feel there are great entrepreneurs everywhere in the world. They just, we try to teach them to dream bigger to be connected to funding from Silicon Valley. And one of these startups was Flutterwave that will be going public in New York Stock Exchange in the next 90 days. And so my school of thought is I still think Silicon Valley will remain the most important location in the world and you have to come to it to learn and to be inspired. But there is incredible opportunities in Africa right now, in Europe and in Asia, especially South Asia. So we just love and are proud to be part of the journey of these entrepreneurs. Love and it. along the way, if we can help a few conglomerates, that would be great as well. No, you're helping everybody. So my, I have a ton more questions, but I know you have to run one final one. Yeah. With so, and this is a really tough one, Saeed. With, with so many things going on across the world and you're traveling and doing deals and opening things all over the world, how are you able to maintain a three handicap? <laughs> I tell people, people ask me, Saeed, when do you retire? I say, I play 100 days of golf a year. <laughs> My back cannot take more than 100 days. Wow. But but I must say, I work hard. I usually am in the office at 7 a.m., but I do leave Friday afternoons for golf. And uh, it is fun to play hard and work hard. And as long as I'm enjoying the ride, I think I'd be working uh, for another at least seven years. All right. Well, thanks for taking time with me and catching up. It's been wonderful. And um, I'm not surprised that things are still going um, fast and fun for you. Thank you so much, Keith. Looking forward to seeing you in person soon. Thanks. I look forward to it as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Look Back. We do appreciate your support. Welcome any feedback and would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and even consider sharing it with some of your friends. For more information and other cool info, check us out at newmanmediastudios.com.